Welcome to Voices of the Valley, a new radio show where we will be interviewing growers, entrepreneurs, educators, and technologists who are inventing new solutions for today's and tomorrow's challenges on the farm. I'm your host, Dennis Donahue, the lead of the Western Growers Center for Innovation and Technology. And each episode, we will be exploring what's challenging and new in agricultural innovation. Today, I'm joined by uh, uh, Diane Weatherton, the uh, Chief Executive Officer of iFood Decision Sciences. Um, she's been uh, working with the Innovation Center since day one, so we've uh, followed their their progress and uh, are really, really excited uh, to be working closely with, with iFood. Diane, welcome, and tell, tell us uh, a, a little bit about uh, iFood Decision Sciences, what, what you're working on, your approach to the marketplace, and the progress you're making. Sure. Well, good morning, Dennis, and thank you very much for including me on your show. Uh, well, iFood, we've, we've been in business now for several years. We started as a company fostered by Western Growers, and the idea was we saw people collecting a lot of information on paper, and this is food safety information, and that information was going into binders, and when they needed the information, they, they couldn't find it. So we, we developed a software platform, and it's based on our history and our knowledge of food safety, which started back in 2006 with the E. coli outbreak in spinach. And we developed that software for grower shippers, and we've been marketing it for several years now in the Salinas Valley area. And um, how, are, how has the business... Uh uh, changed since you, you first got started. Obviously, uh, uh, the amount of data that our industry generates is, is expansive. Have you stayed focused on just food safety, or are you kind of beginning to take a look at, at, at other aspects since you're on the farm, so to speak? Sure. So, well, no. What's happened is, first of all, companies said to us, well, that's great looking at it on the farm, but we also want to look at our packing and processing facilities. And so we moved our food safety into those roles as well. So we have supply chain for growers and shippers that can manage their suppliers through our software. And then in addition to that, they wanted to move into quality. So we do some quality work, inspections and product on hold. Uh, we do some um, operations logs as well as some tracking of employees and, and some of their work projects as well, some maintenance work on the farm and in the facility. And we've grown from California now. We're in, I don't know how many states, uh, but we're in the U.S., Mexico, and Canada since then. So how, I'm just kind of curious listening uh, to you explain that. And uh, on, on one hand, you, you're developing uh, software, but as you know, a lot of the work is... Uh, uh, outdoors and uh, throughout the country or, or other parts of the world, as you've alluded to. So, so how does that work from a staffing standpoint or a training standpoint or both? Well, we, we took the, first of all, we, we have a model where we said that it's, our customers <coughs> are not in the business of software. So we try to make it as easy and straightforward and we use existing technology for delivery. So you're talking your smartphones or your tablets. 
And then we take your existing documents and forms and we translate that into software. So we're training the people, and when we do so, they're using their same forms they're using today in the fields. The other thing is we, we can do it in multiple languages. I was so just going to ask you if that. A worker's, okay. Yep. So if a worker wants to have Spanish, they can see the documents in Spanish or use Spanish for entering information by their voice. So and so, what's the adoption curve? Are, are, uh, I, I know folks sometimes are a little uh, maybe intimidated by encountering technology, but uh, I'm guessing you make it pretty easy for them. We try to make it very easy. I would say that there's still resistance in some, some and, and it's not even commodities, because we do so many different commodities now. But um, I'd say that it, resistance is always paper is the biggest competitor that, that anybody has in software right now. Um, but it's changing over the, the last year or so. I'd say we'd have much higher adoption rate. We've got this uh, Food Safety Modernization Act, which affects it. And the realization that, you know, labor's expensive. And if you can employ software, which is inexpensive, and it shows up every day for work, you don't have to worry about uh, raises for the most part, um, it's a very affordable solution for a lot of people, and it helps supplement the labor they do have. So if you think about this as an additional food safety resource, very low cost. Yeah, well, and, and you know, I know there's a perception a lot of times that the labor challenge is just at the, at the harvest level, but the reality is uh, uh, it's, it's challenging across the board. So, um, you, you know, besides being a new, new tool, um, if you can, how would you categorize it over the course of the week? Uh, using these types of tools gives you back how many man hours, so to speak? <coughs> Let me ask. Well, that. I Let mean, we've looked at it. We've, yeah. well, Let we me ask that again. That one, they, that, that one they can't. <coughs> that one they can't edit out. Uh, how, how would you categorize uh, uh, your labor savings potential? Is it is it the ability to pick up? Uh, let's say 10, 20 hours a week uh, in terms of task. Uh, how do you look at that? Well, at least because what our customers are telling us, and it doesn't matter where they are in the country, uh, they're spending 30 to 40 percent of their time collecting documentation, collecting and managing documents. And that's a, a typical food safety person would be doing that. And they need to be focused on food safety and not on managing those documents. So you, you are looking at a time savings. And, and it sounds like, uh, I still remember the cry of one grower, could somebody please get me out of XLL? This sounds like that contributes to that. <laughs> yes, we can certainly do that. Well, much much easier alternative. Well, it could be that's, that needs to be your new marketing slogan. That one, I know that one got my attention. It's, uh, it, it was a good one. <coughs> but you mentioned you. Oops. <coughs> I love the fact we've got editing. Um, let's pick up a little bit on your uh, comment about the Food Safety Modernization Act. How how has that changed things? Has it caused uh, folks to be more interested in what you were you're doing, uh, or uh, uh, or does it add? Uh, you know, because I assume uh, the Food Safety Modernization Act certainly adds more time uh, to people's day in terms of things they have to keep track of. 
Yes, there there are more requirements as a result of the Food Safety Modernization Act, and in addition to that, I think too the training that goes into it, people understand the risk that they need to manage, and and managing the risk, uh, you really need tools to help you do that, and then to prioritize what are the most important risks, what do I need to focus on, so. It's not just coming from the, the Modernization Act. It's also coming from the buyers themselves. And they're asking for certifications and letters of insurance and letters of guarantee and all of these documents. And again, it takes time to collect them, time to make sure that they're up to date so that you can protect your company and protect yourself. Well, you know, it's interesting, and I'd be curious in your, in your comments, uh, you know, the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act that pertains to California growers, you know, all of a sudden, uh, even folks who may not necessarily be in the shipping or the processing side, there's no longer a buffer between an individual grower and the state, and they've got to get into the uh, uh, accounting game um, it, because they can't rely on, let's say, the shipper to pick that up for them. Uh, and so the demands on people's time, even if you're not particularly involved with, let's say, information around the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act or other activities, though you may be, uh, I think uh, uh, it, 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 this issue of simplifying people's lives on the farm and keeping track of data, that, the pressure's really got to be intense, intensifying for really all, all folks in, in the field more and more on this issue. And I would assume that's a great opportunity for you. Yes, I'd say that any area where there is a need for the data collection on the farm, there are companies like ours that uh, can help manage that. And the beauty of it is that once you have it into a system, you know, you can work with other companies that can make sure that the databases talk to each other and so that you, you have the value. You can use it in different areas. Um, you can use it for different state requirements or different buyer requirements. It's just the difficulty is making that decision to move from paper. Let's do something so I can use really an asset. Your data is an asset, and you need to be able to use that to help you out. And, and it sounds like you have some pretty direct experience with the changing nature of the supply chain as you get more consolidation or new people in the business, you know, it, as I like to tell people, half a year ago or a year ago, who would have even put Whole Foods and Amazon together, but now you do. And so the changing nature of the supply chain, the, uh, uh, the size and scope of some of the new players in the, the fresh food game, uh, that, that's really going to change things for the uh, production side more and more, I would think. We'll change more for growers. I think you're going to see more growers having their brand directly visible to a consumer. And that's the other thing. You'd like your consumer to know that I'm a grower who's following food safety practices, and I can demonstrate that, and it has value to the consumer. Consumer wants to know you've got a very safe product. It's becoming increasingly important. I mean, right now, we're going through an outbreak, and... Food safety is really important to the consumer and to the growers. So that's a story we need to be able to tell more and more to consumers. And, and so what sort of opportunity do folks who are involved with iFood uh, have to help uh, get the consumer comfortable with uh, the freshness and safety of their products? 
Well, I think the fact that they can demonstrate that not only are they complying through their, their whatever food safety program they have or audit, third-party audit, but day-to-day -day they can demonstrate that their processes are under control, you know, that they're following a rigorous program every day and that they keep track of it. And one of the ways to demonstrate that is a commitment to a, a program where you're, you're actually real-time documenting and analyzing that information. Talk a little bit about the, uh, and, and let's finish up on this note, What's, uh, talk, talk about that notion of real time, you know, uh, you know, on one hand, uh, um, life on the farm sometimes seems kind of idyllic and, uh, you know, the day unfolds, but the reality is moving at the speed of fresh is pretty fast, so how do you capture all that? Well, the benefit of these tablets and the benefit of the smartphones is that you have apps on there and you enter the information uh, required. So if you're doing, for example, a, a sanitizer test, did I clean my knives in the field? And I could enter a reading on sanitizer levels directly into my phone and that information is available to back at the office to see if there's an issue with it. Or if there's an animal issue in the field, then I have information real time that can go back to the office so the supervisors could take note and intervene if they need to. I mean, that kind of information and support for field is really critical. Well, I would imagine you're getting a pretty good hearing on that type of approach and that type of capacity of your products. That, that, that seems pretty timely to me. It, I think it is, Dennis, and the fact that we've got, um, you know, 200,000 specialty crop growers in this country and probably more than 2 million growers of, of all crops it's a tremendous opportunity, and we see this as an exciting new world. Well, it sure sounds like it. Well, uh, as, as we said in the beginning of our conversation, uh, we've, we've been fortunate. We've had it. Uh, you've been in the center since day one, uh, and, uh, and uh, I th we're going to be excited to uh, watch your growth and uh, cheer you on. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks for listening today. Voices of the Valley is brought to you by Western Grower Center for Innovation and Technology, and this episode has been sponsored by Hartnell Community College. Tune in for a new episode.